Did you ever have Beyblades? Yeah, hell yeah. No, I didn't have any. I didn't have any money, so like my friends had Beyblades, <laughs> and they let you rip it every once in a while. Yeah, they were like, "Come rip this, shit, my bro. <laughs> Come next door to your neighbor's house and rip my top." Welcome to Chapel Bell Curve, stats-focused podcast about UGA football. I'm Justin, and I'm Nathan. And it's the off-season still, and here we are in the great month of April to talk about whatever's going on with UGA football. Spring practices have begun. And, yeah, uh, we're so going that, to try to focus to talk on the on-the-field stuff before we talk yeah. about the off-the-field stuff, I think. Yeah, like we're at the point now where we can finally start like a real countdown if we wanted of when football is officially going mm-hmm, to start because mm-hmm. football is happening in some capacity and we're, we're less than uh, 20 days away from G-Day, which is going to be the best day ever. And I actually found I disagree. out something. I disagree. That's fine, though. Carry well, on. That's okay. That's okay. Uh, the, the, the reason why I, I think that it's going to be even better than it normally is is because uh, Sweetwater 420 Fest is happening on the same day this year. And it's just going to uh, flush out all the people that want to go to that also instead of everybody converging on Athens all at once for a free uh, football game. It's all uh, pretty jazzed okay. about this. Yeah. It's kind of it's kind of like I I'm not jazzed in some ways because um yeah, I don't know. I'm not that jazzed. Uh because you know, red coats <laughs> uh, it's it's not it's not a very easy day as a red coat. It's important, but it's not a super easy day um yeah like you're still a little rusty middle of the off season early start time i imagine yeah we're currently 146 days 18 hours 20 minutes 32 seconds from um the kickoff of the vanderbilt game assuming the vanderbilt game is a noon kickoff but if it's a 330 then that becomes like 21 hours 20 minutes 21 seconds we'll cross that bridge when we reach it yeah carry on um but But, yeah tell me tell me why g-day is no good no, I mean, G-Day is great. It's just so like the G-Day, uh, G-Day is how the Redcoats do. Um, it's how they first, you know, figure out who's coming back because the only requirement to come back is a Redcoat once you get in. Well, there are a lot of requirements. One of the requirements is that you have to come to G-Day. So it helps us know who's coming back. And also it helps us pick drum majors. And so um, they will have narrowed down through a exacting process and it is very very intense they will have narrowed it down to between five and six i can't remember how many it is this year and basically they'll have a um fake game setting where we go into one of the big rooms at the slc and they call up the band while there's a game on they like pipe in a game behind them so they have to get ready for like a quick change situation and know what to play and when to play and when the timeouts are coming and how long they have to play and all that, and just getting used to like the see who can call the band in the flow of a game. And then they will divide it up. And during G day, they will rotate through all six of them or five or six or however many it is. Um, and actually play for, have the band play in front of them. And then they'll do some rehearsal of the band. And so it's a very important time. And it's very like, I don't just like doing it because it's like a reminder like, Hey, I do red coats. That's cool. And it's a very important thing to do. So it's not necessarily that I begrudge anything or don't like it. It's just more like, it's a lot of work and it's very hot. Um, and you know, it's, it's not quite the same is exciting. It is, is it is not quite the same energy as it would be if you were, um, if you were at a real game. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. I mean, it's the same for everybody. I feel it's kind of like, it's just game day light. It's just a little touch yeah. just to get yeah. you through the off season. Now, now, if the weather's good, it's awesome. 
but the weather's never good. <laughs> it's never <laughs> ever good. So if the if the weather's good, yeah, like rock on. We're I'm I'm like you know if if it's like seventy five degrees, I'm all there and I will love every yeah. minute of it. A minute of it. But if it's ninety eight degrees the whole time, then yeah, I, that's going to be a struggle. And with the way the weather has been, there's no telling what it'll actually be on. Yeah, it the might day be. Of, it might be so. snowing. It might actually be snowing. <laughs> um, all right. So, so let's talk about what have you been up to? Then. Well, well, no, no, no. Hold on. We, 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 let's get to know each other a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, what have you been? Any uh, anything you want to talk about in your uh, non-football life before we get into the football stuff? I will say it has been really nice to not have to make Chapel Bell Curve twice a week right now and i think i've said that before it's just really nice to not have to do that but my issue is that when i'm not making chapel bell curve it creates this huge time vacuum in my life that i for some reason have the urge to fill with other time commitments and other things and so that's what i've done essentially uh i've been shopping different services around to folks that want to make podcasts and some of them local and uh i'm really focusing on local podcast creators now and so that Without saying too much, there's there's a few very uh, exciting ventures on the horizon in the world of uh, podcast making in local Athens. And so hopefully that'll come around sometime this August-ish, sometime this fall is what we're looking at. And it's just a very neat neat thing to do. Yeah, uh, that's exciting. That, yeah, it's been super neat. And I like it because I, I get to work more closely with clients. And originally, most of my clients were spread across the United States, and I had one international client. And so... It was it was tough. Not I, I work a lot better face to face. Is all I I I've, I've found out through this um, podcast thing. And other than that, I've been working uh, a whole bunch. Uh, my day job, my day job being books for keeps. And some of you know books for keeps. Some of you don't. I've talked about it briefly, but we are actually this next week. We are going into distribution season for books for keeps. And those of you that might not know, uh, it's an it's a literacy nonprofit, and the whole purpose is to stop what's called summer slide. Which, as a teacher, Nathan, you're familiar with what summer slide is, I imagine. Yeah, Perhaps. yeah. It's the it's the phenomenon that happens over the summer where where students lose levels of learning or or reading and literacy. Uh, specifically with the the students that we serve, elementary school students, it's it's uh, levels of of reading. So reading levels over the summer, and they're still in the phases of life where they're they're learning to read. Um, and by the time they get to Nathan, they should be reading in order to learn. And so it's a little bit different. There's a switch there that happens around the uh, the middle grades that when they get to you, they, they should be at that point. It doesn't always happen with everybody. You know, everybody's different. What Books for Keeps does is we go to 18 different schools and we give away books to these kids. They get to choose 12 brand new free books they get to keep forever. And so that's what we're doing for the next six weeks because we've been packaging all the 95,000 books we'll be giving away. And we'll be in those 18 schools serving 8,000 students. And the whole reason I bring all this up is because we are still looking for volunteers. And I will be putting a, a, a quick link into the show notes because we do have 12 schools here in Athens and six in uh, surrounding rural counties and in Atlanta. So Atlanta listeners, if you'd like to be part of one of the best and happiest parts of the year and give books to kids and make them smile and very happy, then you're welcome to join us. There are still volunteer slots available. That's what I've been doing with all my time. Another thing you've been doing that I think is important to talk about yeah, is that you and I are doing deep. the Athens Citizen Government Academy, which I think is pretty cool. It's like a, it's a, the city of Athens, mm-hmm. uh, Athens, what is it? The Athens Clark City Government, because it's a unified government, uh, runs a free, mm-hmm. what is it, eight week long course that meets once a week and they just talk about how local government works. And it's actually been really 
it's way more interesting than it sounds and it's uh everyone else in the room other than justin and i are like way more of an adult and so yeah that's that's just what it is it's like it's like my wife and then a bunch of like small business owners and older people and then me and justin wearing button-up printed shirts so it's like you know (laughs) we are upstanding citizens and we are doing our civic duty that's how i see it sure no, I mean, I, I wouldn't necessarily say that uh, we have, I have imposter syndrome. I'm just aware that I'm kind of an idiot. I don't feel like <laughs> I'm an imposter. I think that everybody kind of knows. Like, wait a minute. Um, One of these things is not like yeah, the other. Yeah, exactly. I, I really enjoyed, exactly. I came home uh, this, this past week, we went to the financial department and it was uh, really neat to kind of, we did a budgeting exercise and got to see what the commissioners go through and the mayor goes through in, in submitting a budget. And one of my favorite things was I came home and I talked to Anna about the night and I was like, I just, I'm so overjoyed when I get to go into these, uh, these scenarios and environments with you specifically, because I'm reminded, and it's not something I often forget, but I'm, I'm just reminded that you are never not Nathan Lawrence. <laughs> there's no, like, there's no mask. There's no cover up. There's no like wall you put up. You were just always yourself unabashedly and enthusiastically. And I, I really like that. <laughs> and I appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> and, and like, uh, the, the exercise we did, you were like, look, we did this. We're not cowards. We're not coward politicians. This is how we did it. <laughs> you can okay, do yours well, your other way. <laughs> It just really made me angry because they were like, well, if you roll some of your budget into the SPLOS tax, then the interest groups might get upset and then you might lose your job. And I'm like, so f- what? Do you want to do the right thing or do you want to get it reelected? Yeah. And the answer is you want to get reelected because somebody was like, oh, well, as a politician, it's your job to get reelected. No, it's f- not your job. Are you f- serious? I had the same Christ all goddamn mighty. Christ almighty. This is the local government. This is not f- like Tammany Hall, like New York underground politics bullshit. Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what it was. And I I just appreciated that you were always yourself. And I I did I did sort of implicitly call everyone else there a political coward. Yeah. And I, that's why like at the end of it when we were sitting there waiting for everybody else to finish, I was like, did we do something wrong? Like, no, it's cuz they're all arguing about, you know, this is going yeah. to look bad, the optics are bad. I'm like, well, I, there was not a generational divide at our table. No, there was either. not either. I think that was also helpful. I will tell you, the thing that you just said that you respect about me is like my wife's least favorite <laughs> thing about me. I love um, that about you. Well, I always tell people, I always tell people the reason I cuss so much is not because I feel like it's important to be inappropriate. It's because I think that so often people, they, they throw themselves into what are basically just societally constructed constraints about what they can and cannot say. Mm -hmm. And in service of that, they actually act way worse than they would have otherwise. I actually think it's way better to say a bunch and not be like duplicitous and self-serving than it is to like always talk like a southern uh a southern church lady but be like a horrible backstabbing person that nobody likes because ultimately i think that like the legacy you leave behind isn't about like whether or not you followed the societal rules of what people should say it's how you treated people and what you left behind in terms of your impact you know your net positive social and emotional impact and so like yeah i'm gonna say a lot because usually the people who don't like it are the ones who act like duplicitous assholes so yeah, good luck editing that. <laughs> you know, and I thought this was going to be a quick and easy episode, but here we are, hashtag stick to sports. Well, I, dude, it's, it's the off season. We had to be hashtag stick to sports. So let's yep. talk about actual football Let's talk stuff. about UGA happenings. 
So what? let's talk about uh, what we know, what we don't know. Yeah, so what we know, I mean, we know some things about spring practice. We just had our first, today, actually, we just got the first report as we're, as we're recording this of the first uh, spring scrimmage. Um, so we know there are some early enrollers, and we know sort of like big, broad brush takeaways. And I think you wanted to talk about the offensive line. I have some thoughts about... Um, I have some thoughts about a couple of players on defense and about how things, you know, just reading between the lines and stuff, but we don't really have enough info to really say anything, you know, to confirm anything about the depth chart. I would say the only thing that really seems set in tone right now, there are three positions I feel, feel pretty set in stone. And that is if healthy, Jake Fromm's going to start at quarterback, Andrew Thomas is going to start at left tackle mm-hmm. and uh, DeAndre Swift is going to start at running back. Now that's a big, you know, if healthy caveat, but I think all three of those feel pretty much you know those are if not guaranteed pretty damn close to it yeah i think if anything our offensive line is is probably the the most from top to bottom locked in though because we do have a few players that are definitely going to start on the, the offensive line including andrew thomas yeah. Like you said. yeah yeah one of my favorite things that has happened is uh they, they what, what i like about the offseason spring practice in general is that you get to see new faces that are going to be representing uga you get to see new players that are coming up and new players that are expected to talk and new players that get to talk because there's the I think it's mm-hmm, freshmen mm-hmm. don't speak to the cameras kind of thing. And then you start getting yeah, as so they go on. Yeah, you get the sophomores. Yeah. And, yeah, and you get to see what personalities are coming out. And one of my favorite personalities that has emerged in this spring season so far is Jamari Sawyer. Because uh, he's so personable and he's so cuddly and fun. And I, I think that he's just and very good. candid and he's a good player. Like, it's not just that he's just, you know, he's curly three stooges coming out and are like, oh, bless his heart. He's a good player, and he just has a bunch of stuff to say also. And uh, I, he feels trustworthy. He doesn't feel like he's, he's sugarcoating anything at all. But he, he talked about um, – he called the defensive line a bunch of ballers, and he just kept on naming them off the top of his head. He's like, uh, Jordan Davis, Tyler yeah. Clark, Devontae Wyatt. Yeah. And he's like, damn. And, and Kobe Dean and Nolan Smith are super fast, and which is great because I we, we did just hear Kirby Smart say he wishes Nolan Smith was faster and needs to be more explosive. But being on, yeah. on this O-line – and being able to still say such positive and great things about the D-line, I think, is a, is a great thing to look forward to for for this upcoming year, for sure. This is the best O-line I feel like the, our D-line will play against. Yeah, I mean, uh, almost certainly they'll be the best O-line that every team plays against. Mm-hmm. I mean, the only exception might be Alabama just because of the talent that they stack. But Alabama does not have as much returning depth as we do. It's a very young offensive line, I think, mainly as necessitated. Well, it's not young in the sense that, like, it's not all freshmen, but it is young in the sense that there's not a senior starter returning. Yeah. But I think it, I, I think I heard it was something like 12 returning offensive linemen have at least four starts. Yeah. So, um, I think depth wise, I think size wise, I think pedigree wise, recruit pedigree, and then on the field, you know, collegiate production wise, this is probably the best offensive line in the nation. If not, you know, the second best, if you want to talk about, I could probably see an argument for Alabama, but Alabama did lose a lot on their offensive line. Um, this year not a lot but they lost some and you know you have to expect that they're gonna they're gonna return and have you know good five stars in in place for whatever they lost but they definitely have i think less starts returning than we do Mm -hmm. so yeah i'm i think the offensive line is always it is sort of like kind of a pinch myself moment i know that's something senator blutarski says a lot where it's like yeah, those of us who lived all the way through the Mark Richt era, you remember these like 270, 280 pound offensive linemen. And it was like, that's all well and good, but we're just going to get mauled by the Alabamas of the world. Cause this is in the time when Terrence Cody, uh, you know, and the likes of that were the defensive linemen we we're going to have to play against if we wanted to win the national championship. Um, and so it is certainly sort of a, it, it feels re- it's a balm for the bulldog soul to know that you have like all five players that are averaging like 336, five, mm-hmm. like, you know, the center, 
I think the current center starting right now is Trey Hill. And as of right now, he is listed and you know traditionally your center is your smallest player it gets gets lower to the ground but trey hill is listed as six four three thirty jeez and i'm fairly certain of the starting five that has started the most recently uh because you know it's always changing but the starting five that i've heard the most about i think he is the smallest so that's really really impressive feels good man really really impressive i like all the things yeah. happening <laughs> yeah i i, I did see it. there's really not a lot to say negative about the offensive line no. I mean, andrew thomas is just a Andrew Thomas is probably going to be a top 10 draft pick next year. Mm-hmm. Um, he's just sort of the prototypical offensive tackle. Uh, 320, 6'5", you know, moves his hips well, runs well, can get down the field, nasty at the point of attack, knocks people over. Basically just, you know he's good because you just can't think of a lot of times when you've seen him play. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah. You try to try to find an Andrew Thomas highlight. And if you, pre- you can if you're like an offensive line guru, but if you're just casually watching uga games you'll never find a highlight of him because he just blocks his man into the dirt yeah. just about every yeah. damn play i'd say that so. uh really awesome andrew thomas play was the rose bowl game if you want to go back yeah he's i mean look he he has highlights yeah, i'm not sure. saying oh, no, that it, he doesn't he doesn't but it's one of those positions where it's like if if he's doing his job well you don't have yeah you won't to say. know a lot about yeah it. and yeah i did put in here andrew thomas chef's kiss so there's that too just a oh yeah chef's mm. Mm, just like mm. i'm so really good. excited about um and I, and I don't want to speak ill of anybody who's left, but I do think that, you know, losing <clears throat> two years ago off of the Rose Bowl team, losing the outside linebackers that we did lose, and then, you know, just the amount of production that we put through UGA in terms of outside linebacker, I think that that hurt us more than we really were willing to admit last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, not that our outside linebacker production was bad with Davin Bellamy. Losing DeAndre Walker and Davin Bellamy, even though they were good players, I don't think they were really on the the par of somebody like leonard floyd no, or um it was different yeah i mean we've just put a lot of very long athletic players through this outside linebacker room and none of them have popped off and become like all americans and mm-hmm. or many most of them have not i think floyd was one year i don't think we really fully realized how much that affected our defense last year and so just the early returns from jermaine johnson and nolan smith are very exciting um by all accounts nolan smith is a little bit undersized he's long but he's you know he needs to put more weight on his body um sort of a la adam anderson but he is so explosive so so fast i'm so excited and he's actually he gets really low to the ground and if you watch his tape one of the things he's best at is sort of doing this like um, low to the ground conversion and just going under an offensive lineman. If you want to like enjoy yourself, just look up Nolan Smith highlights and just see what he does to these poor offensive linemen he's playing against in Rome. And then keep in mind that he was playing in like class six, a UG or Georgia football against like very, very good players and just routinely just being faster than them, getting under them or just trucking them. Mm-hmm. And Oh, no, he wasn't at Rome this year. He was at IMG. But still, it yeah, doesn't yeah, matter. Yeah. Still just totally destructive. Doesn't matter. Uh, force of nature. Um, and so it's exciting uh, what he can do. And I think Jermaine Johnson, honestly, is just exciting in the sense that, you know, we might – Jermaine Johnson might not quite have the, like, otherworldly level of um, ceiling that Nolan Smith does, but he is sort of a finished product, and you would expect him to come in right now and just be good. Yeah. And I think that's probably what's going to happen. I say on the opposite side of the ball of those linebackers, we have the the receiving core. Nothing. That's interesting. Nothing. I mean, it's a the thing is, is there's so much talent in our receiving core right now, but there is nothing. Yeah. Kirby Smart's 
essentially saying nothing noteworthy is happening yet. Nothing that I yeah. I want to report on quite well, yet. He, 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 the only thing he noted from his uh, scrimmage report today was there was inconsistency mm-hmm. with guys like Matt Landers having drops. And I think it's going to be interesting to see how George Pickens comes along. I also have heard there's been some rumblings that Demetrius Robertson has started to come on. And I think the, the basic read on him last year was that, you know, he was adjusting to the system. He was adjusting to playing it at a a place where there is as much competition as there is at UGA and also that he just needs to block. Yeah. And yeah. I think, you know, he was a five-star for a reason. He can be the next McCole Hardman. He can be the next Terry Godwin. Like he, he has that kind of talent. He just has to learn to block. And I mean, and even though those both of those guys are small, one of the things that like people who watch will tell you and coaches will tell you is that like Terry Godwin was a hellacious blocker. Mm-hmm. He would just run your ass down the field, even though he was small. And, you know, I think, uh, um, a lot of the kind of conventional wisdom is that blocking, especially at the wide receiver level, is a lot about effort and just like sort of hauling ass on every play. Mm-hmm. And I think if Demetrius Robertson gets that side of his game together, he can be the wide receiver he was at Cal a couple of years ago. He's just got to make it happen. And by all accounts, he has started to this year. Yeah. Um, but, you know, there was just a lot of reports in general about inconsistency from today's practice, which I, or today's scrimmage, which I think is interesting. Kirby Smart said that it was physical but sloppy and that the offense was inconsistent throughout the start of the first uh, half of the scrimmage, mm-hmm. which I actually think the offense being inconsistent is good uh, because they're the more experienced side of the ball. If, I mean, theoretically, you would say talent-wise that this offense should be better than this defense, like just in a net ranking perspective, like from just a comparative ranking perspective. So the fact that the defense is giving it trouble is it bodes well because I think that this offense is going to be very good once they get things together. And I would rather have the defense ahead at this point in the semester or in the summer. Well, yeah, semester, yeah, yeah. I suppose at this point in the summer, just because that gives them, they, they probably have more ground to gain because of what they're replacing and what they need to bring in. And they don't have as much of a foundation as the offense does. So that's, that's at least exciting, but yeah. that's all kind of tea leaves reading. And I also think it's very, that's very consistent with like the, the Saban school of thought of, Whoever's doing the best in your team, you tend to downplay it a touch. Not tell them that like they're bad and they're they're nothing, but making sure to knock them down a peg. That there's always pressure. Yeah, there's, there's always, always more pressure, pressure there in yeah, competition. And so since the offense does have more returning uh, players and there there is a, a just a bit more experienced talent on that side of the ball, I think that's going to happen. You're going to see that more consistently. That Kirby Smart bringing up the defense a bit more and knocking the offense down a peg just to. to create a kind of equity i think and i could just be making that up but it just seems like that's a saban thing to do and he's always kind of been that way and and smart is of course saban disciple so uh could be that Mm -hmm. or it could just be the offense being consistent (laughs) Mm -hmm. well i mean i think yes but i mean you know one of the other reports was i think you're right because one of the other reports was that they were just having a hard time getting anything going on the inside Mm -hmm. in the run game and that actually does bode well because that should not be a problem against a just average defense mm-hmm. uh, for this offensive line. The very last piece of just UJ happenings is, uh, you know, everyone's got questions about Samir White. Uh, you already mentioned Jake Fromm a little bit, so I'm going to not worry about the Jake Fromm, Stetson Bennett situation. I don't think that's necessarily a competition. It's just that I'm excited about yeah. Stetson Bennett being Uncle Rico. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. He can throw a ball clear over those mountains, so... Uh, we'll see him next year, most likely. But Samir White is, is on yeah. track to return healthy, and that's really all we have to hear about that. But uh, I know there's some injuries in the back of the, the running back core, um, but DeAndre Swift is most likely the key starter with Brian Herring behind him, and then we're waiting to see what happens with Samir White. But he is meant to be healthy by the time game comes around. 
I've heard that he will be healthy within the first couple of games, or well, maybe for the first game, but he is still not all the way back, yeah. right? Yeah, is that what you've seen? Yeah, that just he's on track to return um, and be yeah. okay. He's 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 I think in practice in pads, but he's not taking hits yet. Mm-hmm. But he and he doesn't look as quite as explosive as he should look because that, that was kind of the thing for him was that he he was the kind of guy who could was you know six three two forty or whatever he is. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't think he's that big, but he's big. He's a monster and he's super fast. He's kind of a Todd Gurley type. Deal. Yeah. Um, but anyway. I want to see more from him and I'm, I'm excited to see more from him, but yeah, me too. We'll eventually get there. Let's move to the elephant in the room. The, the issues, the off season issues of arrests, arrests. There have been six arrests made, uh, from a mixed, a mix of players, really some that, uh, we've seen on the field and some we haven't seen on the field, but all still high, rec- highly recruited players. We have five and four and three stars, uh, in this mess, but where do you want to start with this (laughs) okay so i think we got to divide these into very serious not so serious and just talk about like different lapses of judgment Mm -hmm. at the lowest end of the scale i would say Jaden hunter he was arrested for driving on a suspended license and quote-unquote stopping standing or driving in a prohibited area which i don't want to cast aspersions to anyone least of all the acccpd but that sounds a lot like being blackened in a car to me um, you can definitely get arrested for having a suspended license, mm-hmm. but you usually got to be doing just something. Extra charge. It sounds like he got lippy with someone, and they use the word lippy, which is a racist thing to say to a black man. Mm-hmm. So I'm because of the history of UJ's police department with the UJ football team, which is not very good. The number of just sort of patently bullshit things UGA you know players have gotten arrested for, like exiting an alleyway uh, while driving a scooter or whatever, gotten arrested, mind you, not gotten a ticket gotten arrested uh is just ridiculous uh but there are some serious ones um i would say probably the most the, the most two serious tyler simmons and tyree stimmons got in um tyler simmons and tyreek stevenson who was a freshman so what the hell got in a fight outside of cloud bar i don't know i i do actually any, know what happened with this do you did you hear do you know do, yeah i did not did you hear from something other than news did you hear from like people yeah that were around I, or whatever? I heard what happened because i know people downtown apparently somebody made uh, I, I, from what I heard, the rumor says that it was a bartender that recognized Tyler Simmons and heckled him about actually being offsides, and then he wouldn't leave him alone about it, and he kept making jokes about it. And Tyler Simmons eventually went off and whipped his ass. Yeah, tried to whip his ass. Yeah, I don't okay, know. Well, that doesn't know who, that doesn't make me feel. If that's the case, if that's actually what happened, I, I hope they fired that guy. That's what I think. Um, that's from what I understand. That's what happened. Well, you know, regardless, and yeah, that that is a uniquely Tyler Simmons thing that, you know, you want to have your bro- bros back. So I and twenty year olds are stupid. Yeah, <laughs> but you know that's that's kind of dumb. Latrivius Brini probably is the the dumbest and most serious one. He he got arrested for simple battery because he slapped a guy outside of like Silver Dollar Bar. Like first off, don't go to Silver Dollar Bar. Yeah, or second cloud. off, come on, y'all. Yeah, uh, second off, it's not that hard. Like, you're a black guy living in Athens, Georgia. Just no... Anyway, I don't want to get into it. Um, also, there's like a hundred other bars. Like, if you're, yeah, if you're at not, one and one's going poorly, just leave. <laughs> leave. It's not that hard. Yeah, you're you're a UGA football player. You can get into any bar. I hate to say this there, bud. Um, just don't go to where generals used to be. That's the number one rule. Mm-hmm. Don't go in that building. Uh, anyway, but Latrivius Brini had uh, previously gotten arrested for trying to use like a, a fake $100 bill at a Petco. Now, there was a question as to whether or not he knew it was fake or if someone had just passed it to him as a fake. And I think that actually went away because he could prove that, like, he didn't know he hadn't been he had been forging. Just someone palmed him a bad 100. Yeah. Um, 
so yeah, that's uh, those are both pretty stupid and just like getting in trouble downtown in general. I think is just a sign of like immaturity, uh, uh, immaturity, a lack of decision making. And I don't even say that as a judgment to anyone who goes downtown. No, I have been, I have done that in the past, and I'm not going to claim differently. I never went underage downtown because I was a a good rule following boy in college. Weirdly, to me, the problem is not the drinking or being underage or getting drunk or whatever. The problem is just like there are ways. There's a whole unspoken network of ways that you can have a good time in Athens as a UGA football player mm-hmm. and never interact with the cops. And just figuring out what those are and being smart about it is it's 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 what you need to do. Mm-hmm. Like you're a high you're a high profile kid, you have more pressure than most other students, and maybe that's not fair, but it it's what it is. But there, you know, there so are just, people out there and students and and people in Athens that are just looking to ruin one of their days because they think it's funny, yeah. just like the Tyler Simmons yeah. thing. Like that guy doesn't care. And yeah, he's just his being. He's just an asshole. Yeah. That's that's kind of disturbing. Brent Cox and Robert Beale got busted for pot, which again, okay. So the story is they had complained about a broken toilet, and the maintenance worker went into their room and saw pot outside, and then reported them. Mm-hmm. And then the cops came and arrested yep. them. Now, look, it's stupid to leave your pot out. Come on, man. <laughs> that's that's my main problem with that. It's stupid to leave your pot out. You're not like don't be an idiot. Mm-hmm. Like you knew this guy was coming to fix your door. Just act right. I don't give a shit if people smoke pot. I, I really don't. And I have a hard time. Like, I'm not going to entertain this argument in our Twitter mentions or on, like, iTunes reviews or whatever. Like, I really don't care. I hope that they just make it legal and everybody smokes as much pot as they want. Um, you just got to make good judgment about things that you know are illegal. That's the biggest That's thing. That's all it is. And honest, honestly, it should be decriminalized in Athens. Did you see the thing Tim Denson put up? No, but I will. Tim Tim Denson on the Tim Denson, like, his actual... Um, city commissioner he's tim Dinson is one of the city commissioners of athens and he's also like a political activist and he had this whole thing about like if we decriminalize marijuana maybe they wouldn't have got arrested and there were people on his there were kind of like trolly conservative people on his facebook post being like well if you don't like it so much why don't you try to rewrite the laws and he was like i that's I'm what trying i'm trying to that's what i'm talking about <laughs> this is like he didn't say this but the tone was kind of like this is the page of a county of a city commissioner mm-hmm. of a commissioner that's what i want to do <laughs> That's why I'm saying this. And there, there have been discussions so, yeah. in the first meetings, actually. So they're, they're working on it. They're trying to follow kind of the same path that, that places like Clarkston and uh, parts of Atlanta have done. So, Really? Yeah. I wonder how that, how that path goes. Yeah, we'll see. There's, there's a lot. Yeah, I'd, I'd be interested to know. Where you, you, get like, you, get a, you get a fine the first couple of times and you don't go to jail mm-hmm. because it's a stupid thing to go to jail for. Yep. Um, and look, here's the thing. I'm not, I, I don't know what happened with the the Britton Cox and Robert Beale situation. I just it's just it's one of those things where if that is a random student, does that get reported and do the cops show up immediately and arrest them? Maybe not. And ma- might that possibly be a sign of systematic racism or of a just in more general bias against the UGA football team in Athens? Maybe. I don't know. But regardless, though, whether or not that's fair or right, those are the situations as they exist on in the world, you know. And so it's just more about decision making more than I. I don't have a moral condemnation for anybody. I'm not sitting here saying Kirby Smart's less like lost control of this team. But what I am saying is that if you've been around a UGA for long enough, you'll know that there are parts of the city and of this town, and of UGA or city and town is the same thing. There are parts of the city, uh, in you know not necessarily city government, but people in the city and people who work for UGA or at UGA who really don't like the football team Mm -hmm. and who really resent all the press coverage and all the money. And that's fair. But 
if you're a football player, you just have to make judgments knowing that that is true. Yeah, that that's a reality. Knowing that you're not going to get the benefit of the doubt. You're not invincible. It may be in in Tuscaloosa and in Gainesville and in Tallahassee. Those are three very good examples of cities where you can kind of get away with just about anything if you're a football player. I mean, if you think about some of the things that Urban Meyer's uh, kids got arrested for and then never charged for, like firing an AK-47 into the air, he actually did. He got kicked off the team. Huh. Neither <laughs> game, neither. Yeah, you didn't know that? No. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if you think of it, there are just a lot of things at a lot of school, a big time power five schools, where it just kind of will go away. And if you are a football player at UGA, you have to know that the the culture of UGA, the culture of Athens means that that's not going to happen. And may and it may be that that's fair and it may be that that's not fair. And I don't particularly think it is. I think it's a lot of people who it's just sour grapes in a lot of instances. But regardless, that's what it is. And so you have to make decisions and make plans and take actions based on knowing that. Knowing that not only are you going to be under the same microscope that every NCAA athlete is under, you're going to be under an additional microscope because of the town you're in and because of the the university that you're at. At least that's my read on it. I mean, I, I'm not saying that I know that there's like – I in no way I'm saying that there's like a conspiracy against UGA no, football. No, no. But I do know that – UGA, this is the same athletic department that self-reported violations that got Todd Gurley kicked mm-hmm. out. You know what I mean? And and sort of just like preemptively suspended him. Now, I'm not saying that's bad. I'm just saying this is like a letter of the law university. Yep. And so if you're a football player, you need to know that that's just the way it's going to mm-hmm. be. And a lot of times, like people are going to talk about those sorts of things when a football player gets in trouble. People are going to hear about it. They're going to talk about it. And those people that are in charge of, of implementing disciplines like that, they don't want it to come back to them and people ask them, well, why didn't you? Is it because they're a football player? Like, yeah, I mean, in the, and, and if we're all, we're kind of talking around this issue, but let's be real. Like the part, this is the Jan Kemp thing, mm-hmm. right? You know, in the nineties, Jan Kemp was a, uh, UGA football, or football, pff, UGA English professor who basically, um, or he was an academic and English tutor. She was a tutor actually who exposed a bunch of bias and caught and passing college football players or UJ football players and filed a lawsuit against the university of Georgia, I think for wrongful termination. And UJ was very wrong at that point and got in trouble and deserved to. Um, but she, you know, I think that the, the Kemp saga has, you know, I mean, it led to the firing of UGA president It led to cleaning house in the athletic department and the football staff. It led to a lot of really, you know, things that people still have sort of an institutional memory of. And I'm not sure that like our football players appreciate that that's the situation on the ground as it is, because I know that that's not the case at places like Alabama. Mm-hmm. Every time I think that we're going about to have an episode, that's like, man, what are we going to talk about? We just crap out 40 minutes. Here we are. So uh, that that's our off season episode of Chapel Bell Curve. If you guys liked what you heard, be sure to, of course, always uh, like, subscribe, comment, share, talk about, yell it from the rooftops, all of those things that you can find us on all of the platforms. And it's a fun show to listen to. It's a lot more fun in the, the regular season, but, you know, to each their own. We're still here. You're still here, I hope. Appreciate you listening. We have not been very timely with new episodes in some ways, but that's just the way it is during the off season. And I'm not sure we, we promised that we would, we would be, but that's just going to be, we're going to get them out once every four or five weeks. And, you know, as we get closer to time, you will see, so I think some new and exciting things um, uh, as we approach the season, but you know, until then it's going to be three or four weeks apart for each one, if not five. Just a, yeah. So, once a month yeah. kind of thing. We appreciate you listening. And I uh, hope to see you all at G day. Uh, make sure that if you see Nathan, yell at him, yell something at him. I don't know. You do you. And uh, I'll be there too. <laughs> some capacity (laughs) Uh, but until then 
Uh, we'll catch you around in the Classic City, hopefully, as the weather gets warmer and the festivals start, like Twilight and things like that. And Athfest coming up. Oh, man, I love Athfest. And Twilight's the 27th of April. So make mm-hmm. sure you guys come out to Athens, enjoy it. And check the, the show notes for, I'm going to put that Jamari Sawyer video because everyone did you see uh, Jamari Sawyer talk about the offense and defensive line. And I'll put the Books for Keeps volunteer shifts in the show notes as well. If that's something that interests you over the next six weeks. But uh, We will see you guys in the next three or four weeks. And until then, you can catch us around the Classic City at any of the f- fabulously trendy places that we end up at. <laughs> but until then, go dogs. Go dogs. <laughs>